you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I am Aeneas Williams. Today we are joined by NFL linebacker Sam Acho, a man who has made a tremendous impact on and off the field and who's written a new book, Let the World See You which hits the bookshelves October 13, 2020, in the middle of a pandemic. Welcome, Sam. Aeneas, man, I'm so glad to be here. So glad to be doing this with you. Obviously, we go back a little bit with the Arizona Cardinals connection, right? You're an Arizona Cardinals legend, and I got a chance to play there for four years. And uh, just knowing the man you are and what you stand for and what you're all about, uh, I couldn't be more excited to be here with you. Well, let's start out with the elephant in the room. You're a free agent, and we're recording this before week five of the 2020 season. Where's your head in terms of playing or becoming a legend? (laughs) That's a great question. That's a great question, sir. Yeah, we're recording this. It's week, it's getting up to week five in the NFL season, uh, 2020 season. And funny enough, before I get to the answer to the question, last year I was in a similar period. Last year around this time, I was a free agent. And I was, when I say I was stressed out, stressed out is an understatement because I, that was the first time of me being a free agent. I was always, I was, I was on my, last year I was going on year eight and I'd always been on a team and I was, things were fine. And for whatever reason, God had me on the sidelines for a little bit. And it got to a point last season when I said, you know what, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to be done playing. I want to move on. I want to do something different. And so I had a conversation with my wife. I was with the Bills for training camp and I got released from the Bills and we had, happened to stay up in Buffalo while we were kind of getting calls from teams and training. I had a combo with my wife. I said, hey, let's just go. Let's just move on. Let's do something different. And she was like, well, no, like God is still opening the door for us. I'm like, well, how do you know? Because I'm, I'm still sitting here. <laughs> and so we have that conversation on a Friday right before week eight. We were still mm-hmm. in Buffalo. We leave Buffalo, a drive from Buffalo to Chicago where we had a, a place, uh, had a house in Chicago and we're ready to go to Minnesota because one of my buddies was starting a company in Minnesota. And that weekend, right, it was, we're going to leave on Monday to Minnesota. And that same Monday, I got a call from Tampa Bay to go sign with the Buccaneers. And so I signed with Tampa last year. Yes, literally the day. Signed with Tampa, finished the season in Tampa last year, and was completely thinking I was going to go back to Tampa this year. But for whatever reason, I haven't, I'm I'm currently a free agent. And so uh, you asked where my head's at, the elephant in the room. In all reality, where my head and my heart is at, I mean, it's tough, man. In a lot of ways, I'm ready to transition into something new, right? The book, I couldn't be more excited about. Let the world see you, how to be real in a world full of fakes. I love that. I love speaking, encouraging people. Um, So I know God's given me a gift. uh, But even as we speak, something in my heart is not ready to say no just yet. So what is your typical weekend routine now as you prepare either way? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So during the week, I'm training and uh, doing some book stuff, obviously, throughout the week. And then weekends, I'm actually, and this is the first time I've done this, it's probably going to be a shock to a lot of people. My Sundays are spent only watching football. And I say this is a shock because in the past, I would never do that. Last year, I couldn't watch games. Cause I was sitting there like I should be on the field. I need to be out there. I'm better than these guys, you know? <laughs> and then when I was, and then when I was playing, obviously we would play on Sundays and I, if I was going to watch games, I'd watch our opponent or I'd, I'd watch something specific to what I, helps make me better as a player. But now I find myself almost like a fan. I'm watching all the different games, we got the NFL, oh, wow. like ticket, the whole deal. And so I think there is a little bit of a transition going on in my heart, but that's my weekend routine. It's Saturdays with the family kids Sunday morning we'll hit up church my dad is a, a pastor so we go to his church uh socially distanced and all that stuff and then from there we'll watch all the games all right you don't have a strength and conditioning coach so how you stand mentally and physically fit and ready to play absolutely so I've been training at a place called Exos up in Dallas and so it's a facility a performance facility with about there's probably seven to seven to ten other guys who are training with me other free agents a couple baseball one baseball players training with us as well so we're all training together uh we've got a, a meal plan set up so we're eating right we're training together we'll do drills afterwards whether it's one-on-one -on -one drills um or or uh, well not a lot of one-on-ones because of you know masks and stuff but we'll do you know linebacker drills and stuff like that just to stay ready just in case we do get that call and a lot of the guys i've trained with have gotten calls right there's been probably three or four guys who've gotten calls and now they're on teams. Other guys have gotten workouts. And so uh, physically, mentally, um, I'm staying ready. It's the emotional and the spiritual part that are a little bit more difficult. And the trust provide the XOS as well. What do you know about that? Absolutely. So that's all through the trust, right? All through the NFL trust and, or NFLPA trust. And so yeah, I, a matter of fact, I was wearing my trust shirt yesterday, right, as I was working out. And so it's it's provi being provided free of charge and the meals are provided free of charge. And I'm from Dallas. And so I'm actually, it's been cool because of COVID. I've been just the last few weeks, I've been staying with family before I was in Chicago training and Arizona training. And then I said, man, I want to see my family. And so my parents and little cousins and nieces and nephews and sisters are up here. And so I've got a chance to see them a lot more often. All right, here's a big question. If the phone rings, team calls, are there certain calls you will accept and you will go? Are there certain teams you may not want to go play yeah, for? Yeah, that's a great what question. What say you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question, Aeneas. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. In the past, if anybody would have called, I would have said yes in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Whereas this year, obviously, I'd love to go back to Tampa Bay because I, I played there and you know, Bruce Arians, I know well. He was my coach when I was in Arizona for two years. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, was my coach as well. Uh, the linebacker coach, I have a really good relationship with all those guys, the coaches, the strength coach, everybody. So I'd love to go back to Tampa Bay. So if they called, I definitely would uh, field that call. Chicago as well. I had a really great time in Chicago. So if they called, I'd love to go back to Chicago as well. Um, those are probably top on my list. But I, I don't know. I think every day is different. you right. If, 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 I wouldn't necessarily say outright say an outright no to anybody, but I I definitely no matter who it was, even if it was Tampa or Chicago, I definitely would would pray about it, consider, okay, God, what do you want me to do at this moment, at this time? It's interesting. Your book focuses on a lot on identity and how much we hide ourselves. But what you say out of all the sports, football players will be more prone to hide ourselves because we're the ones hiding behind that helmet, right? If I would use that as a metaphor. 
What is a good example of an NFL player hiding his true self, Sam? Hmm. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my book is called Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. And it's it really talks about what it means to be authentic and to be vulnerable. And I know for me, I don't know how it was for you or even anyone listening, it's hard nowadays being you, like being who God made you to be. It's so easy to pretend or to fit in or to try and act like someone you're not. You ask, well, what's an example of someone in an NFL locker room hiding? Well, me specifically. I know like for me as a, as a linebacker in the NFL, but also a Christian, right? I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. People would look at me and say, if I ever got mad at practice, they'd say, well, Sam, you're not supposed to get mad. You're a Christian. You're not supposed to get angry. What are they, you know what I mean? And so and as a young player, I didn't know how to deal with that because I knew I loved right. Jesus, but I also, but I didn't really know what these guys were going to think of me. And so for me, my hiding showed up in me trying really hard not to get angry. Hmm. I'll try really hard not to get angry. So we'd be at practice. I'd be so upset, but I would try to hide it. I don't want people to see me get angry because, well, wow. you're a Christian. You're not supposed to be angry. You're supposed to be forgiving, yada, yada, yada. If you actually like read the Bible, uh, Jesus was flipping over tables. Jesus was calling people out. Jesus was right. a lion as well as a lamb. And so for me, that was an example of hiding. But there's another example of hiding as well, I mean, personally as well. I, I, I could, in academia, I love learning personally. I love learning, love school. I love, uh, as a matter of fact, I got my MBA from the number one international MBA program in the world while I was playing. Wow. And, but here's the thing, Aeneas, I didn't tell anybody. I hid. Really? I hid. I did not tell any of my teammates. And you can probably guess why. I didn't want them to think that I was this guy who didn't care about ball or that was some right. nerd. And also my coaches, too. Coaches or general managers or scouts. Yes. I didn't want them to say, well, this guy's not committed. Right. And so think about hiding. And that's just in football. Imagine if whether it's in a marriage or as a parent or as a spouse or anything at work, we tend to hide. And I'm really, my, the, the purpose of this book, anybody who picks up this book, you can get it at, at samachobook.com. It's my first book. So I'd love for everybody to go and, and check it out uh, at samachobook.com. You can, like, once you read that book, you'll have a better idea and be able to know why you hide and what are the benefits of showing people the real you. When you talk about genuine authenticity, how can a legend or a current player what do you suggest how they can live out genuine authenticity? I think it's actually really difficult in a lot of ways. Um, the reason is that you have to be extremely intentional. The waves of the world or of culture will naturally draw you towards like conglomeration, towards just coming together and being the same as everyone else. Naturally. So if you don't actively for me, I do a lot of like a lot of prayer, a lot of just like quiet time with myself, just like trying to say, man, who am I really, right? As I'm praying, going through scripture, right? That's one piece. Another piece of saying, man, what do I actually like? What are the things that I like? As opposed to what does everyone else like and I feel like I need to fit it? What do I like to do? And what do I like? What do I love to learn about or to read about or to not read about? I mean, and so being really intentional about the things that you enjoy and then practicing those things, not being ashamed of those things. A lot of us really know who we are, but you talked about the insecurity. We're afraid of showing the world who we are. In your book, you talk about the affirmation you got from making a great play as a trap. 
how do we avoid traps like these? Absolutely. So just for a little bit of context for those who haven't read the book yet, um, football specifically is an interesting place to be in a locker room on a team, because when you play well, all of a sudden you start hearing the rounds of applause. You're the best in the world and you hear it. Right. And if you play poorly, all of a sudden you start hearing less, either, either you won't, people won't talk to you or they'll tell you how bad you are. And so for me, I got caught up in the trap of people pleasing. Oh man, I made a good play. My coach thinks it's good. Let me go do another one for my coach or my Mm. teammates think I'm good. Let me go do it for my teammates as opposed to doing it because I wanted to do it. I wanted to be great, right? Yes, inside of me, deep down, I wanted to be great, but there was that little icing on the cake of, oh, wow, my coach really thinks highly of me. Maybe now I'll get more playing time. Now I'll be, have more favor in his eyes. Bibles were clear, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, right? Like that's God's decision in a lot of ways. And obviously we work and all these things, but I got caught up in trying to please my coaches and do the things, do it the way that they wanted me to do it as opposed to having a conversation and saying, hey, coach, I see where you're coming from, but hey, this is my skill set. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And then going that way. I was afraid. It's interesting that one of the unique characteristics about what's caused uh, Coach Bill Belichick to be successful is he finds out the unique authenticity, and I'm using that word, paraphrasing it, about each player, and he only ask that player to do that which he knows that player does well so it's interesting uh some of the behind the mask of their success identity is often difficult for nfl players and legends because we're often deemed just a football player and after a while that's all we see how do we discover the many facets of our identity and make a true impact on our world, Sam. It's either going to be the easy way or the hard way, right? <laughs> like, because the easy way, and the, is anybody listening, the easy way is to slow down, right? We're all on this rat race. Okay, let me slow down, and let me actually f- tap into the things that I enjoy or the things that will bring a benefit to my family or the things that I feel like I have a calling to do even if it's against the grain. That's the easy way. The hard way, which is the way I experience is essentially it's going to be done for you. And here's what I mean by that. I didn't, I wrote this book last, a little, a couple few months ago as I was working on it last year, 20, 2019. Um, I did not know I was a writer. Hmm. It, it wasn't until I almost lost my marriage. Almost, I, I lost my starting spot. I, I tore my peck. I was out for the season. I lost a mentor. My house flooded. Uh, my wife's wallet got stolen. I mean, so much. Ha- her green card, she was, wasn't even a U.S. citizen. Her green card got stolen. We were supposed to take a trip overseas for our five-year anniversary. I mean, I was, like, I was doing all the things. I wasn't even paying attention to the things around me, right? I wasn't being a loving father to my kids. I wasn't being a loving husband to my wife. I wasn't being a good friend. I was just so focused on the goal, the goal, the goal, the goal, the goal. And so you talk about the easy way or the hard way, the, the easy way we talked about is saying, okay, am I going down the right path or am I not getting people around you who can speak life into you? The hard way is saying, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it and we'll be fine. And you, you're not going to be fine. Your body, your body is going to catch up to you. Your body keeps the score. And so for me, the hard way of going through all that and in all reality, what came out of that hard time in a lot of ways was this book. And I say that to say, I found out that I'm a writer. So we all have all these gifts that we don't know about. 
And either you're going to use the gifts God gave you, or you're going to find out the hard way that you keep on running yourself into a brick wall and you're not getting anywhere. Marriage is failing, relationship with kids are failing, all these things. How did you get the, what was your epiphany? Absolutely. What was, yeah. Absolutely. So it was, so I just signed a, a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with the Chicago Bears. My first ever, right? I was going on year eight. Everything else had been minimums, rookie minimum or one year veteran minimum contracts. That had been my whole career. And by God's grace, I signed this big deal. And so I was going into, I was going to be the guy. I was a star. I was a starter. And it was a week before training camp, 2018 season. And as I mentioned, like, I felt like my, my relationship with my wife wasn't going well. My relationship with my kids wasn't good. Even interpersonally, like within myself, I'm like, who am I? And I was sitting down with a friend and I looked at him and I was like, dude, I'm struggling, man. Like I, and I told him, I said, I just need the season to start. So I said, all this whole off season, all my teammates are gone. My friendships are gone. I don't know, I don't know where everyone is. I said, I just need the season to start. So get back to football, then I'll be okay. Everything will be fine once I get back to ball. And he looked at me and he said, Sam, if that's how you are right now, I'm afraid of what happens when, when football ends for you, when it's right. over. Right. And as I'm kind of sharing with him some of my struggles and think like with, you know, trying to be a faithful husband and trying to like really like love my kids, where is this hatred in my heart coming from? As I'm sharing with him, this, I, with all this stuff, I start to cry. I start to cry and he looks at me and he says two things. He says, he says, Hey Sam, maybe God is writing a book in your life hmm. and, and you may only be on chapter two. Wow. He said that. Then he said, and Oh, by the way, it's nice to see you. Huh? It's nice to see you, Sam. It's nice to see you. And I didn't understand what he meant. Matter of fact, I think I did understand, but I didn't want to understand what he meant, right? Because I was like, I felt like my life was over. I was like crying, broken, breaking down in front of this guy. One of my friends I've known, like he helped me build business stuff. We did business stuff together and my brand and all this. And he said, I've never seen this side of you. I used to always think you were this perfect right. together guy, but it's good to know you're human. You're not perfect. It's nice to see you. And so he actually recommended I talk to a counselor. He actually, he actually had just finished meeting with the, this therapist, counselor guy doing a life plan uh, mm -hmm. for his life. And he, you know, he's not a football guy. He's a business guy. But he said, hey, I recommend you talk to this guy. And so I did. And the next opening this counselor had was the day we reported to training camp. And so as everyone knows, legends and players know, you report that like it's like 7 p.m. or 5 p.m. or whatever time it is is your first meeting. Well, that morning, I was at a counselor's office. And I'm sitting in there, like, you know how it is. I'll, let me get in and get out, check it off the box, right? How long will right. it take? Uh, you know, and I'm like, how, how long will this be? He's like, Sam, this is not a, a one or two session issue. It's going to be a 12 to 24 month process. I'm like, what? You don't know? You must not know me. I'm, this is, I, I, come on, man. I just fly by. He said, okay, Sam, we'll start here. I got a couple questions for you. I said, go ahead. He said, what do you do when you get angry? I said, okay, that's easy. I just don't get angry. Hmm. He said, well, that's an interesting answer, but I'll ask you again. What do you do when you get angry? And I said, I, I try not to get 
angry. And he looks at me and he says, he says, Sam, everybody gets angry. And I proceeded to cry. And he looks at me, he says, is it okay if I, and I'm like, it wasn't just like a tear shed. It was right. <gasps> like something was almost releasing from something my body. Something released. Yeah. You're right. The, and so he, he said, do you mind? I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my hand on your chest, right? Breathe. Breathe. I'm, put, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put my hand on your stomach. I need you to breathe. And I'm breathing and I'm breathing. And he looks at me, right? He kind of backs up a little bit and he says, or puts his hand on my shoulder. He says, it's nice to see you, Sam. Hmm. And he said, oh, by the way, get used to hearing that. And so you ask, what was the moment, the aha moment, uh, the realization of what it means to be me? It was not necessarily a moment, but more of a journey. A journey. The, ne the next day, he recommended, as we left, he said, I recommend you start, I don't know if you journal, but start journaling, start writing. I don't know if you listen to music, but start listening to some music. And so I did. So that night, report to camp, we go through our meetings, and I go back to my dorm room, and I start writing and writing and writing. And as I'm writing, I'm crying again, because I'm almost, I'm like, God, why do you love me so much? Like, what have I done for to this? earn or deserve your love and I'm writing I'm crying and I don't understand I'm calling my friend like the friend who told me about this counselor I'm like dude what is what is going on <laughs> and so I go to I go to practice the next day and we do our conditioning test and we finish the test everybody goes inside and they shower up and they go to get some food well I kind of just sit down plop down in, a, in the chair in the locker room and most people had left one of my teammates had seen me his name was Nick Williams and he sees me and he saw that I was a little bit dejected and wasn't myself he said hey Sam are you are you good and usually, Aeneas, I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, or I'm tired, or I've got a lot going on. Well, this time, I looked at him, I said, so you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing good. And he said, well, I recommend you, whatever's going on, let it out. Let it out. So I did. And little by little, the tears started to flow. One of my other teammates, Danny Trevathan, had just walked in the locker room. He saw me, and for whatever reason, he went to the speakers in the locker room. It was Bluetooth phone was connected to it, and he changed the playlist in the locker room. Changed the songs. Usually in the locker room is you know rap music bumping right. or whatever country whatever you know. He changed it to worship music, and not any kind of worship music. It happened to be the exact same songs I was listening to the night before. And as these songs start to play over my heart, I start to cry even more. And this time it's the, re it's like the, <gasps> and I'm looking there like telling them, tell me to breathe, guys, tell me to breathe. And they're like, hey, I told you, just breathe, breathe. And I'm breathing. And then he looks at me and he says, hey, Ach, it's nice to see you. Hmm. And that was and has continued to be the journey that I'm on of what it means to be seen and not only to be seen, but to be known, and not only to be known, but to be loved and accepted for who you are, for who God made you to be. And so I believe any legend listening or any current player or even a spouse or what, whatever, right? So you're not just a spouse, you have your own things that you do, right? Whoever's listening to this podcast, my desire for you once you pick up that book, right, sammachobook.com, S-A-M-A-C-H-O book, 
Com. After you read that book and order that book and go through it, you'll understand why we hide and learn how to name your emotions and mm-hmm. learn how to let the world see you and understand that it's not an overnight process. It's not just an aha moment for everybody. Some people it is, some people it's not. But for me, it's really been a journey, right? We talk about this 12 to 24 month journey of discovery of saying, man, this is the real me. This is who I am. Do you still love me? And the answer oftentimes is, is yes. There's a word pivot, uh, pivoting. And you've just described your pivot. So there's a part, and you shared that about, th- about that in your book. What advice would you give current players about how important it is to handle the transitions that come their way? Transition, pivoting, change, all these words, as you see them, they're moving, right? They're movement words. They're not steady, nor are they stable. I think a lot of us, we want to get to a certain place but it's just that unknown period that we fear in a lot of ways or that we're not used to or not comfortable with. And it could look different ways. For me, I'm used to going almost from team to team or being ready to move and all these things. So for me, what transition looks like is from this guy who says, oh, let's go here today and go here tomorrow to saying, wow, what if I need to settle down for my wife, for my kids, right? There's a little bit of fear there. I'm not used to that. And so my advice as we journey together, right? I'm not a guru or whatever, but I've, I've been on the journey and I'm, I'm currently on that path. And I've seen what it's like is don't let people define you. You know, you talk Aeneas about that idea where former player or legend or, or NFL player, it's easy to get caught up and almost like trapped in that box of, well, I'm an NFL player. Look, right. I played for this team or I'm a former player or I'm a legend, but you are more than that. You specifically, Nias, you're a former player. Yes, you're a Hall of Famer, but you're also a pastor. You're also a father. I've heard you teach and preach multiple times. And I see you, no, I never, I didn't get a chance to, to watch you play, right? I've seen highlights, but I've got a right. chance to, to hear you speak over my life and the lives of hundreds of pro athletes, specifically, not even at your church, but at some conferences, right? Because you're more than just a football player. Imagine you said, well, I'm, a, I'm pro, I'm, uh, Hall of Fame or whatever. And there, there are people th- that r- relate to you because of that, right? But there's mm-hmm. a comma after that. Pro football, Hall of Famer, and also pastor, and also father, and also business leader, and also, and also, and also. And so what I would say is, I would just say, almost like, learn how to get yourself out of that trap, out of that trap of saying, this is who I am. I'm a former football player. Or yeah, I play for this team because people get cut all the time. People get traded all the time. People's career careers end all the time. No one, no one has ever played forever. Father time is undefeated. Right. And so I would say as you're playing and as you're doing the giving it your all and doing your best, find your other passions. Be you. Let the world see you because it'll make you better at your current job. Final question. You and your brother Emmanuel, you guys do a lot of community work, you're working in the community, and social justice. 
tell us about what you guys have done, why it's important that you do it, and what's it like in this current climate that we're in? My brother, he started a, my brother Emmanuel, he started a, an inst- a series and called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And we had a conversation beforehand and we've kind of been going through it, but it was essentially what we understood is, hey, what if this is our time to use the gifts that God gave us and share them with the world? And so for him, it looked like the Uncomfortable Conversation series. For me, it looked like going in the different communities where I've lived in, Chicago specifically and other places, and bringing people together to try and bring it's not even really biblical justice, but it's more that that idea of like, man, God, let your kingdom come and let your right. will be done. We were in Chicago. We saw what was called a food desert. We saw an area on the west side that had two grocery stores and 17 liquor stores and a half mile radius. And something about that wasn't right. And so we got, I love bringing people together. So I got some people together. We raised half a million dollars and bought up one of the liquor stores and turned it into a food mart that's being run mm. and managed by the kids. every different person has their different gifts and callings. I don't want to host a, a series called Uncomfortable right. Conversations, right? And he doesn't want to be on the west side of Chicago meeting with random people and saying, hey, let's try and raise this money. That's not his thing. It's my thing. And, and his thing is not my thing. It's his thing. And so God has given each of us our things. And the temptation is to get caught up with our eyes on someone else's thing. Man, if, I, if only I had that kind of cloud. If only this, if only that. I wrote my book last year and it's interesting the timing that god God has a he's really kind in 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 a lot of ways because the timing of that book could not be better let the world see you take off your masks be real come out of hiding us covid has had a lot of us isolated in a lot of ways right and now it's like even with covid let the world see you as a parent as a husband as a wife as a teacher let the world see you even with social race relations in America, right? I talk a lot about the Kaepernick stuff that was going on. I was called upon by my team to lead the charge and ask, and and, and the questions of what are we gonna do during the national anthem? And I talk about that in the book, those discussions, what that looked like, right? I was in the crux of that for the Chicago Bears. Talk about the negotiating the new collective bargaining agreement with the ownership, right? The title chapter titled Bargaining with Billionaires. So like, God doesn't make mistakes. And so the fact that, we are going through this time right now. It doesn't mean we're supposed to. Doesn't mean we're supposed to go and say, "I got to go write seven books and be the guy." No, I, I, bro, I started this book last year. You know what I mean? Like, right. two, you know what I mean? Two years ago, and this, and by the grace of God, it happened. Doesn't mean you have to go and start a series, right? But it also doesn't mean you go in, into hiding as well. You don't go and say, "Well, I don't know what to do, so let me just wait till this passes." No, you find your places, find your spots, like in football, right, right, right place, right time, eyes, hands, and feet. Right. Open up your eyes. Use your hands and let your feet take you. So that's all that it is. And so it's not it's not necessarily one extreme or the other. Right. You don't have to go and, you know, start seven businesses during covid or you don't have to go and start nonprofits and foundations that deal with social injustice. Maybe just use your eyes. Look what's around you. Go with your feet and your hands and help somebody in need in whatever way that you can. Sam, this has been incredible. Thanks so much for joining us. Once again, the book is called Let the World See You. 
It can be found where again, Sam? Yes, so you can go to samachobook.com, S-A-M-A-C-H-O book.com. And it's also available, right? It's just coming out. So as as we're hearing this, it's just coming out. It's available anywhere books are sold. And so Barnes & Noble, it's going to be in Target, uh, anywhere books are sold, Amazon, and wherever you get your books, audiobook, anywhere you get your books, just type in, let the world see you, how to be real in a world full of fakes, and you'll see it. Thanks for listening in. The best is yet to come. Absolutely. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.